This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And welcome to the Glow Show, Joy 94.9. I'm Will, and obviously I am joined here by our favourite leading senior constable, Gabby Tyke. How are you, Gabby? It's my last one I know, for a week or so. A week or so. My heart stopped then for a second when you said it's your last one. I thought, <laughs> no. Where are you going? You can't do this without Canada. Me. I don't know the song, otherwise I would sing it, but Canada. Off You're to Canada. Off to Canada for a little bit little, of work or a little, little bit of play? A little tiny holiday and... At a um, conference. A conference? I'm presenting at a conference. Oh, wow. To the Canadians. Oh, excellent. They ride um, horses over there. I thought they ride moose. They'll probably do ride moose as well. I'm going to ask if I can ride a moose. And they drink Just like we hop hop around in kangaroo pouches. Exactly. Similar to that. Similar to the uh, koalas dropping out of the trees attacking (laughs) you. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) Now, you'll love Canada and it Mm. is a fabulous place and um, I really uh, hope you have a safe and happy trip. I'll have have stories when I get back. You will have stories. And and photos. You would have made some friends. And photos, which we will try and put on your or our glow yeah, page. We'll do our best. We will do our best. Now tonight we have uh, a wonderful guest. Now, as I've always talked about, uh, LGBTI youth mm. uh, is a little sort of passion of mine. Uh, I am concerned about young people not communicating with police very well. Uh, they have fears within themselves or fears of the police. And um, so these are some of the issues that I like to talk about a lot and address. So who do we have in tonight? So our special guest tonight is Sergeant Jared Kenny from the Specialist Children's Court Prosecutions Unit, which is a mouthful. Jared, Hi, Jared. Welcome to The Glow Show. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I, I've never spoken to anybody from the courts and especially a prosecutor. So uh, we're going to have to talk a little bit about that and explain that to me, what the role involves and uh, what exactly do you you do there um, yep. i've barely had a parking ticket in my life i have my goody two shoes so <laughs> um you know nothing about court so i'm dying to find out uh, all about it but you are a police officer sworn police officer i am i've uh, i graduated from the academy in 2000 started 2002 so just seven and a half years ago oh so. excellent yeah. so, and so what made you become a police officer uh i it, Saw it as an opportunity. So I finished school, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, went to uni. Um, I decided on the Thursday, in my first week, I didn't want to keep doing this course. So I then uh, reluctantly uh, stepped out of uni, or reluctantly uh, from, from my mother's point of view, but uh, and then just saw an opportunity with Victoria Police uh, in a bit of a recruiting drive at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, look, I thought it might be a fit for me. 
I don't mind looking after, uh, you know, taking care of the community, looking out for the community. It's sort of something that I always had a passion for at school as well, being involved you know, in uh, in different things at school. So I thought, yeah, it might be a good chance for me and went into the academy and just loved it. So, And so after the academy, where did you go from there? So I spent the first couple of years at, out at Knox Police Station out, out east. And mm-hmm. then uh, after that, a couple of different places, Nutter Wadding, uh, also spent some time at uh, some different divisional tasking units um, and uh, went to Paran Police Station from there uh, and then between Paran and St Kilda for a couple of years and then in 2010 I think it was I went to prosecutions and uh, haven't looked back so yeah. Now you said you dropped out of uni but uh, we had a little chat before and it sounds like you've gone back to uni to study. I did. Yeah good on you. Yeah so I uh, got through the uh, got through the prosecutor's course that we have to do at prosecutions, did that for a few years, started looking at different options, looked at some uh, options overseas as well, uh, and then I thought, nah, I might just uh, try and give this law degree a bit of a crack, because obviously I was uh, exposed to the court system a fair bit, and then uh, just started studying uh, just a couple of units at a time, and uh, so my wife and I, she was okay with it, so that that was uh, obviously a big help, and uh, uh, just doing a couple of units at a time, chipping away at it over about four or five years. Uh, last couple of years got a bit difficult because we've got a uh, young child as well now, so uh, that made it difficult study-wise. But, yeah, just persisted with it and got through and finished the law degree and finished my what they call a graduate diploma uh, and then got admitted to, to legal practice earlier this year. So it's a good feather in the cap. So. A lawyer. A lawyer, that is excellent. And you were saying that there's not many lawyers in the prosecution. No, so there's a fair few people studying at the moment but uh, and it's becoming more popular to do uh, but um, but yeah ever increasingly there's more and more but uh, yeah there's not I think there's probably about 15 or 20 at the moment uh, so it's yeah and do Victoria Police support you or pay for you to do that degree oh they they, uh, they support you in providing you with the, the study leave to do exams uh, they support you with regards to uh, obviously getting the time to do it uh, no monetary support unfortunately but um, uh, but you also having completed the prosecutor's course there's a fair bit of recognised prior learning that goes towards a law degree so you get about six of the six or eight of the 32 subjects knocked off from having been not only a police officer but a police prosecutor so that helps out as well so you're on the glow show join 94.9 we're speaking to sergeant jared kenny from the specialist children's court prosecutions unit now i'm intrigued tell me a little bit about the specialist children's court so special children's court is obviously it's a children's court mm-hmm. and we focus on the youth obviously youth offenders so what age are we talking? we're talking anywhere from pretty much anywhere from 10 right up to 18. Now, we can have children in there that are older than 18, but the offending must have occurred uh, prior to them turning 18. Okay, so that raises a question. So if I was 17 and six months and very naughty, stole a car and did some scallywag stuff, mm-hmm. obviously the process takes a while. I'll be 18. Mm-hmm. Will I be charged as a minor or as an adult? As a minor. Okay. As a minor. Because if, the offence carried out is in those minor years. Yes. If you're yeah. charged prior to your 19th birthday, then it's you go to children's court. And if it's after your 19th birthday, there's a bit of an issue, but yeah, you go to, you'll go to the magistrate's court. But, um, uh, that, that sort of raises an, another question is that um, <laughs> we do have 18, you're an adult. 
Mm. Is there any um, thought or any process given to some people who, although they might be 19 or 20, they're still intellectually 15 or 16, you know, and it kind of doesn't seem fair that they may have committed the offence when they're 19 years old, but, you know, is there protections for people like that? There there is to an extent, and that's where a magistrate in the adult court can use their discretion. Mm -hmm. They can uh, obviously... With any disposition that they give the uh, the young person, they can say, "Well, oh, we'll we'll tailor the sentence to something that can not only help you, can help the community, but also reflects the offending that you did." So, if if this uh, if that young person has some uh, a need for some um, medication, if they're unwell, if they've got social issues, if they've got um, any other issues, they can tailor the the disposition that they get. Well. And it might be a case of, well, okay, well, did the offending that you did, well, if you stick to your medication for the next six months, then these matters will go away. Something like that. We're finding sometimes that people or young people younger than 10 are offending. Mm -hmm. So what happens to them? I mean, I know that they're children, but uh, you're saying that that no one's prosecuted who's tends kind of the earliest age that they're prosecuted. Pretty much, that's right. And even some kids that might offend when they're 12 or 13 or 14 or whatever it might be, um, if if it's found that they only have the intellectual ability of, say, a six or seven-year-old, then there's a legal argument that can be had about whether they had the mental capacity to understand what they did was seriously wrong. And that's what they... There's an old Latin term called dolly incapax, where that, that child had that ability to have that reasoning and himself. So, and that's a uh, very in-depth legal argument that mm. involves uh, a lot of psychiatrists and their assessment and, of uh, of these children. Um, and there's reports made, and there's and uh, it is a really interesting space uh, to look at. We've actually got a prosecutor at the Special Children's Court that is also a, uh, a doctor of. Uh, psychology and she's able to read those reports and have a look at those reports and say well I agree with this doctor's assessment of the child or I disagree for for X amount of reasons so and that's something that is uh, very useful to us when the matter goes to court and there's an issue about whether we believe that this uh, that this child has that mental ability or not so it's so Jared ex- uh, explain what's the difference between a child's court and a normal uh, adult's court. So if I was to steal a car and drive it 120 k's down the road and commit an offence at the age that I'm at, in my 40s, if someone was to do it at the age of 14, what's what's the difference between the two courts that we would go to for the same offence? Well, the, it's sort of... Legislation for the Children's Court provides that the main thing that we're looking at in regards to a sentence is to rehabilitate the child. Mm-hmm. So the main focus of the magistrate is to say, right, what can we do to get this child back on track to not get them offending and to get them essentially on the straight and narrow. And and they look at things like housing, they look at things like education, whether they're going to school, and then they can give the child a disposition or a sentence at court that involves them, that says to them, well, hang on, you're going to be... 
you're going to be a good boy. And how are you going to do that is by going to school, by going to appointments with medical practitioners or so be it, to be able to make sure that those issues are addressed. So you go through a due, due diligence to ensure that this child's had this could just be a one-off offence where he was influenced by yep. a group of people pressured mm-hmm. uh, and so you, you would see a history that you know this this child has had zero history so that would be taken in consideration absolutely. much more absolutely yeah absolutely um, so what about a child who does have a history so what what gets involved then yeah. well then it's a big balance of not only providing the rehabilitative uh, supports but also th- there might be a need to uh, punish the uh, punish the young person to, if you know if they've committed eighteen eighteen armed robberies and they're going out committing nineteen and twenty armed robberies and they've had opportunities at court and they haven't learnt from that or they haven't taken up on the opportunities that the court gave them, then the court can sort of turn its head to well we've given you all these opportunities and you haven't taken that up we've given you this opportunity and that opportunity the only other thing that we can do is look at giving you a custodial sentence and that's a last resort for the court the court doesn't like doing it which I understand because they want to rehabilitate these kids but sometimes it's a position that's the only position that the court's put in challenging stuff uh, you're listening to Sergeant Jared Kenny uh, from the Specialist Children's Court on the Glow Station stay tuned for some more we'll be back you're listening to the Glow Show on Joy back soon your community is our business Joy 94.9 Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. You're on The Glow Show with Gabby and Will. And we are talking to Sergeant Jared Kenny from our Specialist Children's Court Prosecutions Unit. We've been talking about what um, role the, the, the Specialist Court Prosecu- Prosecutions Unit plays with young people and how that's different than adult courts. We've also been talking a little bit about how Jared joined the police and what, what roles he's had in there. I'd like to come back to um, your role as a prosecutor because I guess some people might not really understand what a prosecutor is uh, and and where you get the information you use at court. Okay, so the prosecutor essentially is a, a the representative of the Crown, the representative of the state uh, prosecuting these matters and representing the police case to the court. Uh, so... We have, obviously, we've got a lot of prosecutors in Victoria Police, and those prosecutors are obviously trained to do all different types of courts, but specifically in relation to kids' court, uh, we're there not only to represent the state, but to also give opportunities to kids to be able to uh, address their offending, be that through di- different court dispositions, and also support them as well. Uh, I know for me, there's been a few times where I've seen that a child might need um, a certain type of uh, support in the community. Uh, recently, we had one through um, the uh, the Children's Court, Children's Curry Court, where the child needed a little bit more help with uh, having proper accommodation set up for them. So, so you step, even though you're the prosecutor, even though you're there representing the state, and essentially you're there representing the police you've got to try to help these kids as well. So you've got to, if there's an opportunity for me to try to help them in the long run, all for it. So, um, and if it helps address their offending, then not only the child wins, but the community wins as well. And so the the police conduct an investigation when a crime has been committed. Mm-hmm. They conduct the re- investigation, they identify an offender, they put the brief together, and then that's um, the sergeant then... Um, 
Uh, a sergeant will authorise a brief. That's right. A, I forgot the word. Thank you. <laughs> sergeant will authorise the brief and then it goes to you. Yes, that's right. So that, that person's given a date at court and then yep. that, that um, brief goes before you. You look mm-hmm. through it and then you use that information to prosecute the case. Yes. And then we look at the charges. We look at the evidence that's contained in the brief. Uh, obviously consider whether there's enough evidence to continue with the prosecution. Um, the Office of Public Prosecution that uh, essentially governs all prosecutions in Victoria asks us to ask ourselves a question, is there a likelihood of a successful prosecution? So we're going to go through all the charges, all the evidence, apply what the law is. That's both the legislative law and case law. Uh, and the case law is more specific about um Actually, I'll start again. Legislation provides what the offences are. The case law provides how those laws are applied. So then you look at you look at the case law, you understand how it will be applied in certain certain situations, and then you apply that to the current situation. You think, well, have we got a, a likelihood of a, uh, of a of a prosecution win? Yep. And then the matter will continue, and whether it becomes a contested hearing or not, uh, ultimately isn't up to us. But it's us and defence. But um, but yeah, so that's something we've just got to constantly look at those briefs and have an understanding of that. What I love about our community here in Australia, uh, and especially Victoria, is that after also speaking to you earlier, we, we tend to focus more on rehabilitation as opposed to, uh, as the Americans' term would call it, revenge, mm. uh, managing crime through uh, punishment. Uh, so very much true. So can you give us some examples of how we would uh, focus on rehabilitating and implementing a uh, court order to exercise rehabilitation as opposed to a punishment scenario? I think it's a case of it's important for the court to have an understanding of what uh, social space the child was in at the time of the offending Mm -hmm. and then looking at the different... uh, Have an understanding of that. Look at where we think we need to get the child so they're they're in a social state where they're not going or there's a very low likelihood of committing offences and then put a plan in place to be able to address those issues. So once they're finished their involvement with the criminal justice system, the likelihood of them re-offending is very low. An example of that might be um, a child um, might have a... Uh, might have an alcohol problem and they're going out and they're committing offences because of their alcohol problem. We then try to address that by going, right, let's get you into some Alcohols Anonymous or let's get you some alcohol counselling. Let's put that in place. And then the court, while the matters are still before the court, over a couple of months, child will then, uh, you know, try to integrate and try to uh, benefit out of that program. So when it comes to sentencing, the court can say, all right, well, you had an alcohol problem in January when you committed these offences. It's now June you've been alcohol free for three months so instead of punishing you we're going to recognise the work that you've done to get to this position and then the court will give them probably a lighter sentence so to speak but end of the day this kid is in a far better position than what they were when they offended because they've addressed that alcohol issue where if we just had to punish that person from the outset and put them in an environment where it's probably going to exacerbate the alcohol issue yep yeah yep. very much so, so you're on the Glow Show with Will and Gabby. We're talking to Sergeant Jared Kenny. We're talking about how we work very hard to rehabilitate young people when they come before the court. Now, apart from being a prosecutor, 
you're also a glow. Correct. Uh, and I'd like to ask, um, how did you get, get into that role? And at what point in your career did you become a glow? Uh, well, I only became a glow recently, uh, but uh, I've, I guess I've worked at, as I said before, I've worked at both Paran and St Kilda Police Station. So that's uh, obviously an area of Melbourne where there's uh, quite, quite a high uh, percentage of the uh, of the um, gay and lesbian communities in and around there. Um, I've also had um, some in the past. I've had some uh, personal uh, experience with a family member who's gone through the struggles of uh, identifying as a gay person, and um, I guess from a really young age. I, I saw uh, and recognised the importance of supporting people when they're going through that because it is a big change for some people. So I think as a child, having gone through that and recognising that we need to support those people around us, that sort of stuck with me going through adulthood. Um, and I joined police from an early age. I joined when I was 18. Uh, so that sort of that transition there was fairly quick. Um, and it's sort of just something that I've always uh, carried on through through my policing. So, and we know from a whole bunch of studies, <coughs> excuse me, that um, young people um, who are, belong to the LGBTI community have a lot of issues that other young people may not have, in, and that comes down to poor mental health, poor mm-hmm. mental health, abusing alcohol and drugs, yep. sometimes being homeless because they're not accepted by parents, peers, mm-hmm. family, uh, and so. We sometimes see that in youth offending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's a it's a fine line for me as a prosecutor because I've got to make sure that number one, I don't step over the line and start becoming a social worker. But I think it's also important for me to be able to say when there is that opportunity for me to be able to say, "Hang on, there's these supports that we can put in place for you," or um, "There's this that we can do," or "There's that that we can do," and it's and that comes down to providing that rehabilitative. Um, ethos that we have in children's court so so it's not taking over so to speak as a social person but giving that person the opportunities that mightn't be presenting themselves to them in the court space of where they are and we're going to make sure that we support kids going through because obviously it's a massive change sometimes for these kids and as you said usually when there's at least one of these issues one of these issues be it alcohol or drugs there's something else at play as well and whether that is the case of they're not being accepted or not that's what sometimes you've got to do a little bit more digging to find out from them because sometimes I don't want to come out and say it so that's why you've got to give them that supportive space but not push them at the same time as well so and we love having glows in so many different areas in Victoria Police because we know that they're needed and even places you don't think you would have one you may have a, a strong need for it and identify issues that police who aren't LGBTI liaison officers or haven't been trained in relation to looking for that. Mm. So, and I think... I, th- I think it's, yeah, as you said, I think it's really important that we help identify that, but I think it's also important that, yeah, we try to... Bring those, uh, bring our colleagues around us that aren't mm. close to pretty much be doing the same role, and, and that in my workspace, that certainly does happen. So, Jared, what's some of the? Obviously, you see a lot of uh, issues come through the court. Mm-hmm. What's some of the trending problems that you see at the moment that really the youth out there should really be talking about to their mates and keeping an eye out for each other on? What's some of the? time and time again issues that are coming problems that are coming through the courts now oh, it's a, a drug use, drug it, use? Is, it is just drug use it is the it is what 
how do I put it? A, a lot, driver. It, it is a massive driver for a lot of these kids that, mm-hmm. that we deal with. Um, and a lot of the time it's they've been influenced by others into using it. Um, and it's it's a massive problem that we're facing at the moment, I think, and that's something that we need to be able to try to try to take head on. And we need, I, th- I think, certainly in the kids' space, kids are influenced by other kids a lot. So I think we really need to drive that uh, that uh, inclusive and supportive environment amongst the younger people in our community to support each other going through things. Because sometimes, I know when I was a kid, um, it was look, looked upon to be a bit silly to you know try and support somebody. I oh, know I don't need that. Well, we need to recognise that as adults, we need support. But as kids, kids need support just as much as they adults. They need each other a lot more. Absolutely. And kids listen to each other too. Yes. Yeah. Once again, I, I say we need to encourage just Talk about the issues, keep an eye out for your mates, and that's the most powerful thing you can do. What about road issues? You know, we're having problems with a lot of kids on the road. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I think the, the issues with with that is where kids are really stealing cars, no. um, and they're, when they're stealing cars, more often than not, they're under the influence of either drugs or alcohol. So, so we always get back to drugs. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So and like LGBTI youth, they're probably also prone to being victims of drugs and alcohol because they're having to deal with who they are, and that once right. again leads them to misbehaviours and ends up in front of yourself. Mm. And probably family violence comes into that as well. Of course. Mm. Of course. Always uh, one of our big issues. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Victoria Police wide. It's, it is a massive issue and we've just got to make sure that in our space at Kids Court, we've just got to make sure that we support the kids as much as we can um, as police officers and make sure that uh, they're getting the support that they need and if there's an opportunity for us to step in, we step in and do it. So. Sergeant Jared Kenny, it has been been brilliant having you in tonight. I have learnt a lot. Uh, it's It's been a little bit of an eye-opener. Uh, it's fantastic to talk about some of the issues, which is great. And uh, thank you very much for spending the time and coming in tonight. And uh, we really love the work you do, and thank you for supporting us all in my community. Yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. to look at court differently as, as a solution or, or a way for young people to get some help. Yeah, and I think it's... It- Especially, uh, especially for youth, it's really important just to try to provide that uh, supportive environment as much as we can. So, and don't forget, talk among the talk with the issues among your mates. Absolutely, the most important thing. Absolutely, Gabby, we must go. You have a safe and lovely trip to Canada. Canada and, is uh, calling. I will uh, try and hold the glow show for for you, and uh, won't be hopefully too much of a disarray by the time you get back. <laughs> I'll see. I'll be waiting. You've been listening to the glow show, Joy ninety four point nine. Gabby, stay safe, and everyone out there be good and stay safe and uh, thank you once again Jared we'll see you. you next week good night that's it from us today thanks for listening to another glow show on joy tonight's episode has just been loaded to the joy website and our podcast feed on itunes so if you missed anything important you can hear it again now please support the volunteers who make the glow show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media the glow show is produced by will lansing and gabrielle tyak and edited weekly by me jason gibbs see you next time on joy Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.